0: Jen this is gardening out loud it is Thursday August 31st about 840 in the morning on a cool late summer morning everything out here in the garden is covered in dew it's that kind of time But we're not going to spend much time here at the home garden today because we are going on another tour. This week, I had the pleasure of visiting Sylvia Cheng of Growing to Caranto in her flower plots in the west end of the city. And I'm not going to tell you too much about this before we go in other than I really want to set the scene. But this was just a couple days ago. It was the perfect late summer morning, much like this one, actually, the sun just beginning to warm up. I biked over in my short sleeves and you will hear over the course of our talk, the cicadas wake up and start to sing their song. And that is so quintessentially late summer to me. And I love that the audio did pick it up. Also to set the scene, we start in Sylvia's home yard and garden, which you will see if you look at the newsletter, there's a photo, you can see some raised beds, Also the side beds cultivated as in a traditional garden, but this is very much a working farm. Then we're going to walk over to the neighbor's yard where she has cultivated about a third of the yard and ground to plant peonies and dahlias. We'll spend a quick minute there. And then when you hear a little bit of the theme, don't worry, it's not over. What's happening is that Sylvia and I are biking to another plot a few blocks away which again, late summer, early morning bike ride, sun on skin, you must be able to imagine my smile at how glorious this felt. And then we're going to arrive at another host garden. This one, a front yard bursting with dahlias. So that's what you're in store for here.
1: Hi, my name is Sylvia, and my pronouns are she, her. I am the founder and artistic director of Growing Toronto Floristry. And right now, we are in the west end of Toronto in an urban backyard on a main street. And this is where we grow some of our flowers. It's always been a place of refuge, especially because we live on a noisy street. It's nice to tuck yourself in the back corner and just kind of enjoy the greenery. We moved here at the beginning of the pandemic. And so it's been three years now. So the first year was just establishing the beds and amending the soil. and second year trial growth, third year, now we're in full production mode. When we first moved here, it was like, this is all grass, that's all grass. And we added a lot of planters to add cultivation space. And we tried to make plants appropriate to the microclimates here. This side gets a lot of sun, which the dahlias love. And then on the south side, because of the tall fence that was here and the burning bush sort of border, it's a really nice shade spot for the hellebores. We did want fruit trees. So even though it's taking up quite a bit of space and will create quite a bit of shade canopy, it was important to us to have some of that here. So I guess over time we'll have less cultivation space in this particular garden in the back corner here we have a shady plot that we have acidified the soil for some rhododendrons that we inherited from my partner's family they used to run a plant nursery out in mississauga and they specialized in hybridizing rhododendrons in this shady area we have hellebores which is such a nice pop of spring. They are still babies at the moment but they should start blooming in January. We've got two wisteria plants that are kind of starting to grow into a little flower tunnel for us. Um, They're trellising on a double sakura blossom tree that's been here since we moved. This is a really gorgeous corner in the spring. And one of the wisteria plants smells like grape (laughs) bubblegum. So it's fragrant too. Yeah, I learned the hard way that wisteria takes 20 years to flower from seed. So even though we bought like a five foot wisteria plant, it still hasn't bloomed. Over this corner, this is the snacking area, I've got some ever-bearing golden raspberries. And yeah, whenever I'm working here, I just snack on some of these. You got your summer crop and your fall crop and pretty low maintenance and you can always share the bounty. Yeah, so this is the delphinium patch that I'm trying. We have a hundred pound dog and she loves to guard her space from raccoons. There's a raccoon family that lives back here and uses this as a corridor. So right now, because we have a young baby, my mom has her and so she's not trampling the flowers as much. In this corner, this is like, I wanna say, a bonsai island. The future plan for here is to build a tea house. And so we wanted to create this seclusion, like, picture window scene here. Um, so that's still in the plans. And these are planted really densely together because I use them for foliage. So we've got some nine bark that have seeded. I love these. Some red bud in the spring. Down here, there's some herbs. We use oregano, creeping thyme as ground cover. So there's a back and forth between me and my partner. Because he comes from the nursery family, he likes really cultivated, intentional landscapes. and. We've got stakes in here and corralling wire and really densely planted dahlias. I've tried to really make sure the place looks tidy as much as I can. So I grow mostly dahlias and I don't know if you guys are aware of the dahlia mania that's out there right now. It's real sometimes. It can be harder than finding Beyonce tickets. You gotta have really fast fingers. So our most rare dahlias are planted here where I can keep a pretty close eye on them. Dahlias take a long time to grow from tuber to bloom and we get quite a bit of time when they're very small. So we need to cover the ground around them to preserve moisture. And so we use radishes, beets, lettuce as intercropping vegetables. We can get three successions until these ones are big enough to shade their own root systems. So we've got some beets in here, almost ready. So this year, because we have a baby, (laughs) I decided I need to plant a vegetable garden just so she knows what vegetables look like. Because I saw an episode by Jamie Oliver where he went into an American school and asked the kids what French fries look like as vegetable forms. And they couldn't identify what a potato looked like. Shocking, I know. The tomatoes are very neglected, as always. I don't have time to prune them. And this is our herb garden. The mint we use in our bouquet, so it's always lush. So, I'll tell you a little bit about Growing Toronto Floristry as a business. We grow exclusively in residential yards in the west end of the city in a couple of different neighborhoods. As an urban farmer, it's always hard to find land, and so we tried to partner with folks who sort of understand our vision and want to rip out their lawns. Last year, we had 14 different plots that we were commuting back and forth between this year, we scaled back and didn't do a summer program. So we're growing on eight, which is a bit more manageable with a newborn. So. There are different microclimates that we try to utilize. Some are sunnier, some are shadier, some are drier. And so we try to pick out plants that are appropriate to the environment. And also, because we are growing on residential spaces, we also take into account the preferences of folks who live there. Right now, we're growing our peonies and dahlias next door. So there's just starting to come in if we want to go and look. Yeah. So this is a dahlia patch that is mostly the coral and apricot colors. We try to grow colors in the same area. So when we're harvesting for florists and designers that they are easy to bunch together. This year we started a floral dye garden in the front yard. Those are filled with coriopsis, lots of coriopsis. There's many different types and then cosmos and our marigolds are not doing very well this year for some reason. And we have the delphiniums that we use as well. So I don't know if people understand that farming doesn't really make money. (laughs) It's kind of a losing money endeavor And we're trying to sort of make it enough of a viable business that it can keep going. And that means creating some added value products. And yeah, we have some really neat flower hammered prints on vintage or secondhand clothing that will be launching in our store in September. So I have a art and design background myself in terms of formal education. And I've been growing vegetables most of my life, I wanna say. What attracted me to growing flowers specifically is, believe it or not, 80% of the flowers used in North America are imported, which is an astonishing number that people don't realize. As much as we're doing to grow the local food movement, there's a lot of work that can be done for the floral industry. And another proposition that is easier for folks who are allowing me to grow on quote unquote, their land is having something beautiful to look at. So I grow flowers for my own retail business through subscriptions and custom order bouquets and events. We also supply when we have enough blooms to the local flower collective, which is a amazing group of 25 farmers this year that sort of create a marketplace for local florists to access an abundance of gorgeous locally grown flowers that would otherwise be really tricky logistically to get. We've got Coralie here, which is an amazing four-inch ball dahlia. It's often confused with Castle Drive, which is also amazing, but I lost that tuber. I had pretty severe depression over the winter season, so tuber dividing was a bit challenging. And we lost about half our crop, which is a significant investment. Over here, we have Camano Zoe, which is a gorgeous one and a half pom-pom that has amazing stock strength. Mm. And it's a gorgeous blush cream that has got perfect ball form. Over here, we have Bracken Rose. It's just starting to come in. I cut it recently, so there's no available blooms right now. We've got K.A. Cloud here that's been munched on a couple of times, so I hope I can get at least one tuber out of her, but there's no blooms this season, I think. (laughs) My favorite, absolute favorite, which I don't have this year, I had last year, is K.A.'s Mocha Joe. If you have it, please let me know. (laughs) We spent a lot of money bringing in American varieties last year, but sadly, they're they're gone. One of the reasons we chose to grow dahlias is when you harvest flowers, most of the time they have to be in bud form, which means people don't get to enjoy them in their garden. But with dahlias, they don't open that much in the vase once you harvest. So we like to harvest at about 60 to 70% open. And you have to remember to cut your dahlias hard to get long blooms. So right now, because it's still earlier in the season for us, we are cutting above the third node. Later on, it'll be just like one cut into water. You wanna get it in water within a minute if you can. In terms of my personal relationship, there is an endless to-do list as any farmer knows. And so sometimes when I do come here, I feel like I have less time to enjoy the space now that I have to just get on with harvesting, washing a mountain of buckets or Mm weeding. so we've arrived at one of our other plots this one is a gorgeous west-facing sunny spot there's no tree canopies in the way so the dahlias and cosmos really love it here there's also irrigation set up so it's quite lush We have to keep stripping the leaves at the bottom to make sure they don't get mildew and as a production field you can tell that they're planted really close together to get those long stems and we've got cosmos lining the borders and then three really intensely planted rows of dahlias that are staked with tea posts and we plant calendula as trap plants on this one because there is we, we saw some aphid pressure last year, and this year we spotted our first Japanese beetle, which we didn't have last year. Every year there's something new. Another thing that changed our relationship to the land is also rotations. So in the fall, when we sort of finish up with the dahlia season, we're going to dig up the tubers and then plant our tulip crop for the spring. And so it's a bed flip that happens in November. And we wait till November for tulip bulb planting here in the city, just because there's a lot of squirrels that are still in the process of storing their nut harvests for the winter in October. So we'll wait until November 1st when they're mostly done. so There'll be less disturbance to the tulip bulbs and we're gonna have our bulb sale coming up where you can find cut flower varieties that you won't find in a garden store. It's pretty much parrots and doubles. So in terms of investment, I think we went through $10,000 worth of organic soil (laughs) for starting the 14 plots, yeah. It really does pay off, but it's a pretty hefty investment. Even though these plots are free to us, it is quite challenging logistically to sort of manage the route of getting between 14 different yards and doing that efficiently as you would need to to grow at scale. So we try to visit each plot twice or three times a year, a week, depending on the time of year sometimes we're harvesting sometimes we're weeding sometimes we're watering and other times we're despudding there's always something to do we have been really fortunate to have good land partners that want to see a, us succeed as well as look at a beautiful flower garden It can be challenging if there is a miscommunication, right? And we're looking for partnerships that are long-term, so five years at least, because it's a hefty investment on our part to come and literally rip out their lawn and amend the soil to a state where it can be used for commercial flower growing. And so if for some reason, relationship has to end early it's quite difficult for us to even recoup the costs that we put in this one in particular is a bit of a local thoroughfare because there's a school there's two schools sort of bookending this particular plot and so there's tons of foot traffic through here and people stop and say whoa what are you growing these look so beautiful the feedback we get from our land partners is the neighbors love it they stop by and ask what's going on and because dahlias take a while to grow from tuber it kind of is nothing for a few months and then they explode and so people are really surprised when it actually happens in late august september october we've got our established dahlia fields now we're ready to invest in some native perennials and perennials that are going to be good for cut flowers and we're also looking for branch partners as well so if you got a lilac tree or smoke bush or nine bark that you would like us to prune selectively give us a shout
0: Thank you, Sylvia, for welcoming me onto your farm, your many plots, and taking the time to talk with us. As a dahlia lover, this was particularly fascinating for me. And I definitely took away some good tips that I might even implement. After seeing all of Sylvia's beautifully supported dahlias, I thought maybe It's time to actually support mine. (laughs) And I went on Kijiji and the Kijiji gods delivered me some affordably priced tea bars, which are the posts that a lot of growers use to support their cut flowers because you can rope between them to keep them tight and upright, which Sylvia's very much are. Also, for those of us who consume a lot of flower farmer content, maybe that's just me, I think that this visit gave me a new appreciation for how hard this can be we all know that farming is hard but i think a lot of people think that because flowers are so much more expensive than say potatoes that maybe those farmers are doing really well for themselves but you can see from the costs and the labor that go into making this work even on land that is free well you can see why flowers are such a luxury item and how tough it can be to get going in a business like this. And I so appreciated Sylvia being candid about some of the startup costs, some of the challenges of running a business this way, that it isn't all just glorious sunny day biking from plot to plot as I experienced yesterday. Okay, I think that's enough from me today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Sylvia as much as I enjoyed having it. And I am wishing you a wonderful week ahead to savor these precious late summer days. Some of the best we have on offer here in Toronto, in my opinion. Take care, everyone. We'll talk soon.